A good conversation can shift the direction of change forever. Would you leave it to chance? Join the authors of Design to Change and explore this series of conversations with designers and event owners. Driven by the need and conversations with event owners and event designers who use the event canvas around the world, this series explores the depths of conversations to elevate your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Episodes are hosted by Rude Janssen, Rue Friesen, Dennis Lehrer, and Paul Rukens, with illustrious changemakers, designers, and pioneers in the field of design and beyond. To explore these conversations and additional content, visit designtochange.online. For now, let's start the conversation. Conversations. All right, welcome back. Uh, my name is Rudy Janssen, and today I'm joined by Karina Bauer, the CEO of IMAX Group. Uh, welcome to the show, Karina. Thank you, Rudy. It's good to such be a, here. Yeah, such a treat. Last year, we were um, doing this live on site at IMAX America in Las Vegas, and this year, we just got back, we just recalled two and a half weeks ago, I think the show was in Las Vegas. Um, but things were so busy that we said, let's have this call afterwards and reflect on that moment and see how it is. So no buzz around us right now from the trade show that you're normally used to. And in the past 15 episodes that we recorded on site, but Karina, the first question I wanted to ask you, which is the recurring one is a good conversation can shift the direction of change forever. Would you leave it to chance? Um, I think my answer would be sometimes, because sometimes serendipitous conversations um, do lead to amazing insights and change and connections that you didn't expect. But obviously, um, you know, there are many conversations that if you prepare for well, um, are likely to go better. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so my my simple answer would be sometimes. <laughs> OK, excellent. So. It could fall either either way, right? The coin. So this this is a this is a conversation that we've had at a regular cadence. Uh, Karina, um, you know, you were responsible for the show that brings together the industry, right? The events industry. For people that have never been to IMAX, there are two shows: IMAX in Frankfurt, and there's one called IMAX Americas that takes place in Las Vegas. Now, the show in Las Vegas has just taken place two and a half weeks ago, uh, 16 to 19 October 2023. Uh, tell us, if you look at the difference between the show in 2022 and the show in 2023, what are the 10 differences? No, that's three differences, maybe. 10 is too much, three. Um, I think, I mean, the, the main difference, obviously, people would have noticed is just how much bigger it was. And that's both in terms of... Um, you know, the size overall of the floor, you know, how many exhibitors there were. But also just the fact it really felt like the whole industry was there this year and I think that's a um a major difference because in 2022 we were still it felt like the industry was still recovering really from the pandemic I mean it's if it was great it was very global still but it there was still a little bit of uh, more caution I would say this year um Really, you know, what we do, we reflect the industry back on itself. We provide a platform to, to the industry to do business, to connect. And what was fantastic was to just really see that buoyancy that was in the marketplace and confidence that was in the marketplace. And I say that still with a note of caution, because 
there's a lot going on in the world right now. And we are always impacted in our industry by what is happening in the world. And people mm. understand that. But I think the desire for events for people to meet face to face maybe the understanding of the importance of that is more understood post-pandemic and that's really what we were feeling at the show and what was mm. fantastic as well was to see um the global nature of the exhibitors and buyers so asia truly back now mm. um promoting themselves particularly in the u.s market at imex america mm -hmm. and one of the things i really noticed was how how many of the exhibitors really thinking through the activations they had on their booths or around the show to um, differentiate themselves from the crowd and to put their best foot forward and really attract the eyeballs and the attention and the engagement of, of um, buyers and, mm -hmm. and a lot of creative solutions around that. So that was great to see because that's all about design, you know, really understanding that you need to put in the effort, really think about how you want to show up. Um, and not, it's not just about a booth and a sign. Yeah, absolutely. So I like that a lot uh, for those that were at the show or maybe you, you know, uh, may have seen the show from the outside. You will also notice that there's the big rebranding that has happened to IMAX America. Um, something we, you know, which was probably much less apparent in Frankfurt because that's where you just first revealed it. And now at IMAX America, full-fledged change of the look and feel of IMAX uh, Americas as well. Um, obviously, a brand is in the eye of the beholder, right? So we're curious to hear if you are on this podcast listening to it and you're at IMAX Americas, give us your comments on what you think of the new branding at uh, at IMAX. Um, I want to reflect on something we spoke about last year in October uh, when we were on site, because you were saying that uh, some of the things you noticed in 2022 were things like, um, you know, the gathering of staff being so important, gathering of people uh, coming out of the pandemic was a very, you know, required necessity for companies. And they realized that that was the case. Um, you also said the change in cultural culture and the expectations, right? The consumerization of events where, you know, treating people as people, right? It's not a parent-kid relationship, but it's a parent-parent. We are two adults on two sides of the table talking with each other. Um, and the shift in the relationship to be more vulnerable, to take the mask away as well, something that we spoke about last year. Do you think people have taken their mask away or have they put it back on in 2023? Um, generally, they've taken it off. Um, but of course, going into IMEX America, um, we knew that um, there were still, you know, there was COVID around, there were other viruses around, and we certainly um, try to go out of our way to say to people, um, you should experience the show in a way that you feel good about and you feel yeah. safe with. So we yeah. certainly sort of try to put those messages out. And I think that's important. It goes back to that idea of choice, autonomy, treating people as adults. Uh, it, you know, all of those trends are the same. They're getting stronger, in fact. Yeah. And um, that's something that we kind of doubled down on this year. You know, whether we looked at the work we did with Google XI around um, making the show and more accessible for neurodivergence, whether it was looking at accessibility in general mm. um, for people with many different needs, um, or whether it was the new technology that we were providing that hopefully gave people more autonomy and choice and, uh, and an ability to, to manage their schedule and their time better. 
Um, there was, uh, and in fact, even the education that we looked at that had lots of different formats from mm. eight minute drop-ins to, you know, two hour workshops. So we really have put a lot of um, effort to look at different ways that people can experience the show. And that goes all the way back to that initial question of, you know, putting that mask on or taking it off. It's all part of that choice and people feeling that whatever choices they make, um, as long as it's with the professionalism of the show, of course, um, are are completely valid and, and they should, um, you know, experience the show in the way that helps them get the most out of it. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. The, you know, the human nature element, right? Getting getting together, having humans in one place at the same time. Although it is a lot of humans at the same place at the same time, right? How many how many people came to the show? I, I have the, had the data come out in, in, in the meantime. Can you share with yes, me a little it, bit? It was the total participants, so that includes the exhibitors on the stands, uh, as well as all the buyers, uh, was just over 15,000. So that is our largest ever show that we've put on. Um, So, yeah, it was a lot of humans in that space. And that's why I think once you get to that kind of scale, providing choice, providing different ways to experience it is important. And I think what we've also learned coming out of the pandemic is when people come to an event, whether it's IMEX or other events you know they don't leave their whole self at home and you you want to come you still want to eat properly you still want to maybe do your exercise you want to take care of yourself Mm. or some people want to go all out and they want to party all night and you know and and it's important when you have that many people to recognize that not everybody will experience it in the same way and you need to cater to a degree at least to those differences yeah well, I think this is this is part of the challenge, design challenge that you have, right? Where it's an ever-growing number of people that are getting together uh, around the similar intention of it being an agnostic platform for people to connect, right? But at the same time, yeah, the needs of people are changing. The you know the dynamics of a destination are changing. What are some of the things your team is working on, looking into the horizon of change into the future, right? So you have Frankfurt coming up, uh, fourteen to sixteen May, twenty twenty four, and then. IMAX America, um, again, probably the end of next year. Um, I don't have the dates top of head, but maybe you can remind our audience what they are. <laughs> what's what's on your horizon of change as a CEO and as a team? So, I mean, one of the things we've worked on very hard this year is a tech overhaul. Hmm. And the reason that we did that was... Um, twofold one was to give a better experience to our um uh, attendees whether those are exhibitors or buyers and not just an immediate um improvement although we hope we hope that we manage to do that but really looking towards how we personalize the experience how we create more micro experiences how we give people um choice over what they're doing so the tech kind of Uh, It's helping us to underpin that, underpin a better experience. Mm. But for us looking into the future, the changes that we put in this year really are foundational. Now we need to look at what has been delivered by that and what we um, managed to do by many of those changes, get a lot more data in terms of what people are doing, where they are in the halls, um, 
how they're experiencing the show. And that will help us to design a better experience next year and ongoing. Um, whether it's us ourselves or working with our partners and our sponsors and the venue or our exhibitors to help them design more engaging experiences. So that's something that's kind of top of our mind in terms of looking at next year. You know, making such a transformational change was challenging for us and our clients this year. Mm-hmm. Um but now we can optimize those changes and actually use the data that's come out of those to, to improve their experience, their ROI, but also the way we um, shape the show, the way we structure it and, and what we deliver. So that's one of the big things that we'll be spending time on. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things we also did this year was... Um, start a new impact team within the business so we're really mm-hmm. looking very hard at how we can uh, better deliver our shows in a way that helps us um drive towards net zero in the future but not only that is also sustainable from a social perspective as well so how we can really um have impact in the industry and in the communities in which we work. And that's something that we're also working hard on. And that's a sort of longer term project for us. But again, it's really about looking at what are the trends coming down the line and how can we really um, help the industry to advance, whether that's around attracting new people into the industry, educating um new people helping to retain them whether it's policy making so those are things as well that we'll be looking very um uh, carefully at and then of Mm. course we're always looking at the um basic show experience the education and 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 just helping people to navigate the show better and and constantly trying to optimize that experience it's nice for us that we're always in the same venues because we get to incrementally improve that way. It's very difficult Mm. when you change uh, regularly your venue, um, but that makes a very big difference being able to work in partnership um, with the destination and with the venue. Yeah. Having said that, I'm curious, um, you run these two big shows at two opposite ends of of the Atlantic. Well, that's kind of a stretch because it's more on the Pacific almost uh, when you talk about Las Vegas. What what would you say if you'd name the top three differences be do, between doing a show like this in, in Frankfurt, in Germany, versus doing a show like this in Las Vegas in, in the US? Are there are there big differences for you as a company or how, how different is that experience for you as the event owner? Yeah, and one of the big differences I find is that is um just that the global the truly truly global nature of the frankfurt show makes it more complex to Mm -hmm. organize Mm -hmm. um the american show is still very international you know if if you look at the stats you'll see you know exhibitors representing 150 countries plus the same as frankfurt but in america um still the us dominates in terms Mm -hmm. of the people in the hall uh, Mm -hmm. whether that's the buyers whether it's um the people on the stands representing some of those global destinations or global hotel groups Mm -hmm. and so it's still um the people coming you know of that fifteen thousand, still the large majority are or a very significant um, number are American. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Europe, you know, in Frankfurt, it's very global. If you say, I know there are 70% of our hosted buyers say are European versus 70% North American. Well, 70% 
European means they're coming from 26 different countries. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the the global nature is different. That does make it more complex to organize Mm -hmm. and run and where people are coming from. So just the logistics of it and the communication is different. So that's the biggest single difference, I Mm -hmm. think, that impacts us as an organizer. Um, The other side, um, what we do around sustainability, making the show as sustainable as possible, um, we've actually worked really hard in Las Vegas with our partners there to um, enable the show to be, you know, a zero waste show in the way that we have in Frankfurt and Mm -hmm. many of the same practices. But how we got to that was different because some of the practices around things like that are um, done as standard in Germany, Mm -hmm. whereas in America, we've had to implement some of those. Um, What's been amazing, though, there is that some of that implementation has been taken on by the venue, by the destination to offer now as standard within their practices. And so Mm -hmm. the impact that we're having as an organiser feels even bigger uh, when you enable that kind of change. So that's been really satisfying. Um, And then the other thing is just, you know, of course, there are different regulations, um, the way um, the stands are built up, the way, you know, all of those are are different. Um, And in the first years, that felt very different, but we've got used to that. So we have a kind of automatic switch over that we don't really notice um, anymore. Um, Mm. But there are a lot of differences for our operations team in particular around that. Yeah, yeah. And you've seen the evolution of both of these shows, right? It's a... It's something that you you and your team have seen up close. Um, we see them, you know, when we interact with the show. So we have kind of a gap of, let's say, rough a couple of months between the show. Uh, sometimes it's easier to spot the differences when, when you're not in the activity, you know, all the time um, and confronted with all of the changes that are happening incrementally. Yeah. Um, I think that's really exciting to hear your perspective on on those two on the delta between the two shows because. You know, it also makes me think, um, you know, the other day I heard that sometimes if you want to speed things up, uh, it's got to, it's got to almost like compete with each other or like, you know, how in gaming and e-gaming, and I had to think of this because I was staying at the Luxor, uh, right. which is like the e-gaming pyramid somehow yeah. in my head, right? And um, that if you have teams competing towards the same goal together, right, they, the, because of the competitive fact in it, the evolution goes quicker, Right. Um, do you feel a sense of competition between the two shows, Frankfurt and and Americas, or is it are they just two children that you can't choose between? <laughs> yeah, I would say more the latter, mainly because we don't have two different teams working on them. So yeah. you know, the vast majority of our team, or maybe everybody now, works on both shows, so we yeah. don't have that kind of competition. Yeah. It's more about adapting the way our expectation, the way we work, what we think will work for the different um shows there's mm. a lot of foundational uh work that that is solid between both of them they work for yeah. both but yeah. you've got to kind of tweak around the edges that's where the design comes in that's where understanding the audience comes in and we've yeah. learned that over time um and in terms of a favorite yeah it's very hard to pick because what i find happens with the team and even our clients as well is that they mm. come out of a frankfurt show and they say frankfurt's my favorite and then <laughs> they come out of the america show and they say america's my favorite so i think you know that's a good thing it means that you keep the them on their toes enjoyed it the <laughs> clients have enjoyed it and the industry yeah. has so i i kind of see that as a good thing and they're yeah. just very different they're different 
uh, atmosphere, dynamic, uh, that goes with the audience that's there, the city that they're in, the just even the venue that they're in, all of those things make a difference to the air, if you like, you know, mm-hmm. in the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so it's it's hard to choose. So maybe let's dream together for the next decade, right? Twenty thirty three. IMAX America, IMAX uh, in Frankfurt. What is it? What does it look like ten years from today? Well, I don't know. Is the honest answer? <laughs> you know, in a way, it doesn't matter as long as it reflects the industry, and as mm-hmm. long as we're continuing to provide that value back to the industry, whether that's you know ROI for those that have booked their booths, or whether it's um, around helping to advance industry issues. That that's all I hope for. Really, yeah. I I think it's impossible to you know, project forward of what it will look like, will it be bigger, will it be smaller, what the issues are going to be. We need to stay adaptable in order to keep driving that value. Yeah. Uh, and and that's really all we aim to do every year. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's difficult to look into the glass bowl, but, you know, looking back 10 years to 2013 or when the show started in, in, in the Americas, which was uh, the first year was 2000. Nine was it? No, it's actually 2011. The first show. 2011. We did launch yeah. it. Our press conference was 2009. Okay, yeah, so you yeah, know, a million yeah. miles uh, yeah. wrong. <laughs> I mean, I suppose though, if you look forward, what we all know is that tech will be playing a different role because tech always does. Yeah. I hope that the tech, um, if if we have true AI enabled, hmm. that the tech will really help us a be more efficient have some of the transactional uh, work if you like administrative work more automated so that we as an organizer can spend even more of our time really thinking about the design of the event the experience working with our exhibitors and our buyers to uh, if it's our buyers really create curated micro journeys and experiences through the shows if it's our exhibitors really help them understand how they can get the best ROI um, from the event Mm -hmm. and when we're on site you know take not take out all serendipity because I think there's a massive benefit to the serendipity but again for the things that are more functional that it just eases that process you know if you look at for example something like wayfinding. So for the first time at IMEX America, we were able to implement blue dot technology. So that's what we're used to on Google or um, Apple Maps, whereby, you know, you open the app or the floor plan, it knows where you are, you say where you're going and it gives you your route. I mean, we've wanted to do that for a decade, right? You know, we were able finally, because of the tech changes we did, the technology has improved to do that. That kind of thing just makes it so much easier to get around the show. So something that a year ago was problematic for people, oh, you know, getting comments, I find it hard to navigate the show. Suddenly that's gone. So being yeah. able to use the tech for those, as I say, just take away the functional issues, um, that would be amazing. And that, I, and I'm sure we'll get much more of that coming along. Yeah, I like that. As a matter of fact, um this very conversation is currently has an AI companion, which will give us the little recap of our conversation. So let's see how the, our AI companion does. And Karina, feel free to, you know, to comment on those notes also to, 
I mean, we need to humanize whatever this AI does, right? So, and I think human nature in a conversation can obviously be captured by a microphone and digitalized and disseminated on podcasts and land in the ear of our listeners. But at the same time, we are in charge of what it puts out, right? And I think this, exactly. uh, yeah, this is part of the exciting things that is upcoming. I'm sure this is going to dramatically change how we do business in the future. Everybody talks about it and at the same time nobody knows right it is like the internet in 1991 where we had no idea what its impact might have been and look at us today recording a conversation with you know between switzerland and uh, and the uk um uh, supposing you're in your offices in brighton today i am uh, yeah yeah (laughs) which which just enables so much uh human connection beyond being in the same space all the time Yeah. yeah so for that, I want to thank you a lot, Karina, uh, for, you know, congratulations again on being an inductee in the events industry council hall of leaders this year. Uh, no small feat. Um, you deserve that very much. And uh, we thank you for your ability and your team's ability to put a smile on our mind, not just with all of the, you know, very creative social media posts that have gone out there that, you know, Suzanne and the team have put together. If you haven't seen them, take a look. You guys have really upped the game since uh, also the, in, in the rebranding and how that stays fresh and modern, uh, yeah. but also fits the full scope of the audience. So Thank I think you. this is something that many can look out for as a best practice. Thank you for your support, partnership. And again, if you're not familiar with IMAX, have a look at the show notes. We're going to put the links in there. You can become a hosted buyer. If you buy events, you can become a visitor, an exhibitor. This is the place to be if you want to meet the humans behind the events industry. If you haven't met them, you're certainly going to find them there. So thank you for this call today, uh, Karina, and I look forward to seeing you very soon again in person. This has been another episode of the Design to Change Designer Conversation Series. Explore these conversations and additional content at designtochange.online. Want more right now? Tune into the backstage episode of this conversation and hear what the experts discuss offstage.